Welcome to Listening to Paint Dry with Mike and Dan, a podcast about the art and hobby of miniature painting. I'm Mike, and thank you so much for joining us on our continued quest to become better, braver, happier painters. Uh, not much fluff ahead of the interview today. As promised, you know, this is more content from ReaperCon, and today we bring you an interview with Anthony Rodriguez, also known as Pirate Monkey Painting. So without further ado, Anthony Rodriguez. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for coming on. Yeah, thank you very much for having me. You know, and it's awesome because you to have you on, um, we talked a little bit about beforehand, but some of the first videos I watched when I got back into the hobby were your videos. Yeah. And I, I, they're just such an amazing teaching tool. Thank you for producing those. Yeah, thank you for watching them. Like, <laughs> the, the reason why I made those videos, at least initially, was like... Uh, there, there wasn't quite the content like that when I was first getting back into painting. So I was like, I want to make this video like for Anthony three years ago. And I was like, I felt comfortable doing that because I was like, I feel like this will help people. And, you know, a lot of my intention with those videos and the ones that I'm producing now, because uh, those ones are, like I lost that whole YouTube channel. Oh, wow. Um, so I've had to like remake them. But even that was an opportunity to be like, okay, cool, we can make this better. Like we can help people better. Um, and so that's one of the, the underlying like ethos for me is like, mm-hmm. you know, how do I improve myself as a person and an artist? But then um, it's not about me at the same time. It's how can we also pass this on and like, you know, give other people like a, a great foundation so that they can they can take like their thoughts and like their imagination and dreams and like translate it, you know, to the the projects that they want to complete. So that's awesome. That's such a uh, gregarious way of putting it out there that that you know it's thinking about who's watching it and such so that that's awesome to hear an artist talk that yeah. way you know for our listeners sake um can you give us a little bit of your hobby origin story how you got started out in this crazy thing we call mini painting <laughs> i know right yeah it is, it's almost like a, a niche within a niche in some ways but yeah it's uh so yeah it's a it's a long story because i had a period when i was a, a teenager i, I want to say about like a year and a half when I was 14 into 15. Uh, that's where I first dipped my toe into it. And then uh, in my early 20s, I got back into it. And I'll, I'll kind of give both both stories because they, you know, I think you kind of need both. But um, so when I was young, my mother was sick and we were in Pennsylvania. And uh, I, I'm not from Pennsylvania. We were just kind of traveling in the area. And, uh, you know, that's just what was going on. And my dad took us to the King of Prussia Mall. Okay. And they had a game store in there at a time. Mm-hmm. Uh, my brother saw the Battle from a Crag, you know, Warhammer 40K box set. Oh, God, yeah. And uh, he was like, you know, this looks awesome. He showed it to me, and I was like, this looks awesome. <laughs> and I was like, huge, you know, we were, we were both in, like, Halo. Like, and so we love sci-fi, and, you know, big guys in mech suit kind of thing. Uh, Absolutely. This was, like, whole teams of them. So right. Like, this, Robot Wars, man. It's awesome. And so, yeah, um, we got it only to find out, like, oh, you have to put these together. And, like, they're just going to be, like, gray plastic if you don't paint them. And so my brother ended up enjoying the game aspect much more. I ended up, like, being like, ah, you know what? I'll give it a go. I'll give painting a go. And uh, got some cheap acrylics and tried it. Kind of stuck with it. Right. Um, So you're talking, like, craft store acrylic type paints? Perfect. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I mean, they weren't anything fancy. We might have ended up at a game store with a couple of like GW pots and like that in that year it was like those paints were the best mm-hmm. I still have some actually <laughs> um, and so yeah and then I, I got into like White Wharf 
and you saw the level of painting at the time, and that's when like, some of these really great guys were like really starting to hit their stride. Yes. And so I was exposed to people like Banshee and Volomir, you know, a lot of the guys from the French school, like Jeremy Bonamon, um, and a lot of the great American painters too. Um, very early on, I was like, I want to do that. This is a, like, you know, it brought me into that world. Right. Um, and I did that for a while. I went to a games day, was like, uh, like best runner up in uh, Young Bloods. Oh, that's awesome. Um, I can't remember what year, man. It's been so, I think it was 2006 or something. I, I They didn't take pictures of it or anything. But it was like me and bronze, and I was like, oh, you know. But, uh, anyway, so then of course it's a we, little bit to whet your appetite, exactly, right? You know, like yeah. you got a little bit of success, you got more coming, right. you know. Um, and so we we ended up moving from Michigan, where we were living, to Missouri, mm-hmm. and it, I don't know what I think it was a part of the move, and just kind of where I was emotionally. Uh, you know, girls were starting to look cute, right? My interest was kind of shifting because you're a teenager, and it can be hard to stay focused if you don't have people helping or hurting, you know, guiding you in a way. And I didn't, um, and so I got into living art. Like uh, I got into bonsai, um, you know, and then I got into reef aquariums, which is kind of a living art as well. Um, and yeah, then it, I, you know, life happened, and um, time went on, and you know, it was. Uh, we're jumping ahead now to 2013. Uh, I'm living with my then girlfriend, and uh, I find out find out that like they play D and D, but they don't play D and D like role play D and D. They play like Diablo, where they're just getting into a dungeon and like hacking and slashing and having fun. Right? Uh, and she was like, "Hey, like I know you used to paint these things. Like you know, want to get this a go? Because like we need we need more we need more demons to kill, kind of thing." Uh, and I was like, sure, why not? And like, she had no idea what she was getting me into. Um, so you can say it's her fault. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, she asked me. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that, that relationship is, uh, you know, it, it, it didn't work out. But, sure. Um, it was, it was definitely something where I was like, oh man, this is, this is like, this is fun as I remember. And I had like big kid money. Right. You know? Uh, I had a fairly decent amount of time between like school and work, um, and yeah, I mean, and then of course the relationship wasn't working out, so um, I had more time for it. Right. Um, and so by, I want to say 2014, I had gone to my first Adepticon, and I had like really seen the level. Right. right. Met, you know, met a good few of the European guys, because I was following their tutorials, and um, you know, I was very passionate about the hobby. And then 2015 was kind of the same thing, but the relationship ended like halfway through that year. Oh, okay. And so I had all these European guys going like, hey man, when are you coming? When are you coming to Europe? When are you coming? When are you coming? Um, and I was like, you know, early on, I was like, oh man, I'd love to, but I don't know when. And then yeah. it, the, when the relationship ended, I was like, all right, I've got nothing better to do. <laughs> um, this is kind of a time for like a, a refresh or like kind of you know, maybe a change of priorities in my life. And right. So um, I really started getting really serious about my art really started doing studies uh you know i think that on on average per day i was maybe doing between like uh eight to ten hours of between painting miniatures and like more fine art studies right um probably for almost like a year Mm -hmm. so i was really grinding like i was i was going hard that's something else man at the same time i was saving money for this european trip like i was doing stuff like turning down the you know, the heater in winter, like turning down the AC, and, you know, in summer. And, 
Um, it, it ended up working out to my benefit, and I'll, I'll kind of explain later on. So then I went on my Grand European trip, mm-hmm. and that was like almost a full year. I think it was nine-ish plus months total. Yeah. Um, that was incredible. Like, by the time I got home, I was, like, rubbing pennies together. Mm-hmm. Like, oh. <laughs> um, and I was very fortunate to be able to stay with a lot of people that invited me from the miniatures community. Like, I wouldn't have been able to do that trip without the miniatures community. Right. And I try to pass that on as much as I can, you know, right. through, through these con seasons. You know, I'll have people be like, hey, man, can I come stay and hang out and paint? Mm-hmm. You know, and I'm like, yeah, come on, we got a guest room. You know? right. So I try to pass that generosity on. Um, and, yeah, when I got back from Europe, I went professional. You know, where I, I was like, painting miniatures, I'm going to try to make my income. Um, and that worked out very well, really, until 2020, when the pandemic hit. And there was just enough instability. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I, I married by then, had a child. And so when you have bills, it was different. So I had to kind of shift out of it. Yeah. Um, I was emotionally exhausted because I had been pushing for six, seven years hard. Uh, and so I took a bit of a break. Mm-hmm. You know, really until this ReaperCon, uh, you know, I, I had continued teaching my students and stuff, um, but I really had to pick up a brush in about a year. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, now looking back on the decision, I think that was the best issue, decision I could have made. Uh, and yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm excited about it again. Like, I don't think I'd be as excited about it if my relationship had shifted away a bit from the commissions that I was relying on and now I can paint things that I want I can paint creative projects you know I can I have the the funding to you know maybe hire a sculptor you know kind of thing and just really do big projects like I would love to so yeah that's where that's where I'm that's the whole story to now (laughs) maybe a bit more than you were asking for but uh, no you know what I think one of the goals of the podcast is to let people know that no matter how amazing the artists that we've had on this show that everybody goes through the same things. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the yeah, fact yeah. that, you, you know, you're here. I, You know, I went pro, but then I, I needed a break. Mm-hmm. And that the break was the best thing for you. And yeah. that's just amazing to hear because, you know, it's so... You know, I, I took a 25-plus year break myself. You know, right. I started in high school, did a little in college, and then my son found my stuff years and years later. And right. I went, ooh, yeah, look at so this. Cool. Yeah. And then I was like, okay, I, I went to the Nova Open... Didn't know what to expect. I took a blending class from CK Studios, mm-hmm. Caleb and Cat, and I was kind of hooked on it. Yeah. And then they said to me, go look at the display for Roman stuff. And I went, what the fuck is this? Yeah, yeah. Right, this is... Roman's amazing. Well, well, just he's I, one of the guys that I stayed with on the trip. Oh, man, you're, I'm so jealous because he is just... Yeah, I love... I, he's one of my favorite painters. Uh, yeah, but amazing. Such a kind guy, too. Yes. Yeah. So huge heart. Yeah. Yeah, huge heart, uh, amazing teacher. Yes, you know, patient. He had me in a three-day workshop and didn't kill me, which is surprising because <laughs> I want to kill me after a three-day workshop. But I mean, he works you guys too. He did yeah, to the bone, <laughs> and it was he well wants worth to make it. sure you're getting what you what what you paid for. Yeah, absolutely. But <laughs> you know, and just like hearing about the kindness of the community, staying yeah. at places, and I and seeing that more and more. You know, like I know Eric is teaching a class in Northern Virginia. And he's crashing on a buddy's couch who's coming to the class as well. And that's great because, you know, yeah. that saves him. That means more profit for him from the class, which right. helps him yeah. move on and stuff, you know, keep keep it going. So, exactly. um, yeah. you know, it's just amazing, man. I like, like it. it. It is one of the, and of course, this, this is a generalization, but as a community, it is very holistic. Like, you know, we're at ReaperCon. Like, I can leave my stuff on my desk all day and not worry about anything getting lifted. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, 
if it does happen, it's very insular or it's very uncommon, right? You right. Know, you know, I can leave my my artwork over there, and not worry about people picking it up, you know, or taking right. off with it, right? Um, and I think that there's a lot of respect and warmth and generosity through through the community. Uh, I think in part because we all kind of have this the shared love of not not just you know painting miniatures and miniatures. Uh, I think and, and gaming and games, but I think we're all kind of maybe in the same place like earlier on in life. And we don't want anybody to feel like that, right? Um, you know, because it's it's not fun to be the person that's like shunned or isolated because you're enthusiastic about something that maybe not as many other people are so um, at least I think it, at least in the states there's that's kind of the, the feeling but um, yeah it's it's great it's amazing I love it I fall in love with it every time I come to one of these shows too and this is crazy too if you look at how many people are actually their setups are painting yeah I mean it's I, I I've been to the Nova open I don't you don't see this no and you I don't. love the Nova open yeah, so if Nova yeah. open people listen to this that's not what I'm saying you know, this is just is a very different feel. It is. It is. I, I think that ReaperCon in, in particular, people really make time. It, like Most people think of it as like a, a family reunion in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, there's just so many people. They just come and hang out and paint. Like Adepticon has a really cool vibe too around Fort Waffle. Usually there's Fort Waffle at ReaperCon. Right. Unfortunately, they couldn't make it. Um, and so you have a bunch of people hanging out and painting, but not in this scope. Like, right. This is like magnitudes. Uh, more, mm-hmm. which which is fantastic. I you know you, you love seeing it as a as a painter and a you know miniature enthusiast and a RPG enthusiast and all those things. And, and I'm enamored with the artist Alan. Yeah, because you can just go from like amazing to amazing to amazing to amazing, yes. and yeah. every, every single artist wants to talk to you. They yeah. want to show their stuff. Yeah. You know, it's a it's a wonderful thing. Um, it so is really cool. Let me ask you this: so the re- yeah. with that European tour, who else did you did you learn from? Oh man! So uh, I want to preface this with um, I was rubbing pennies together so much I was never actually able to take a formalized class from anybody. Oh okay. Because I couldn't pay anybody. Um, I was like, I told, and I I, I front loaded that you know like we could use the trip to Rome and like hey man I would love to take a class with you but I I don't want to disrespect you and not be able to pay you for your time which mm-hmm. I think is very valuable. Yeah. Like, do you maybe have time you know for a weekend for me to come and just hang out with you for a couple days in your studio like I won't bother you you know I'll just be kind of a fly on the wall and um, nine times out of ten they'd be like come crash on my couch you can stay for a couple days right just like sleeping with Roman it was like you can sleep in my studio right or at my home studio right right you know and it's flat and I was like, are you sure? Right. Like, I, you know, I don't want to, I, I, I'm not trying to put you out. And they'd be like, yeah, come on. And, you know, he'd come and grab me at the train station. And I had my bike, so, like, we would just we just rode our bikes over to his flat. Oh, nice. Over to his studio. And, um, you know, I fell asleep in his home studio with his, like, you know, one of his display things. Just kind of like, oh, my God, it's right there. <laughs> osmosis. Yeah. Osmosis, yeah. please. But, yeah, inevitably you end up um, having those conversations. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, this is why I love the artist alley or what I was going to talk about with the artist alley was that like you and one of the bits of feedback I gave my friend Dan that I'm here with is like man if you want to if you want to get a one on one time with uh, Eric just be like hey man can I buy you dinner on Friday right there you go you got yourself like two hours at at least (laughs) and more than likely you know Mm -hmm. and all of us are just kind of painters right so we're all people like we're not you know uh, 
we're not like superstars or anything. Uh, yeah. But anyways, so I got what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, you wanted me to to kind of give you a list of people. You don't I have to. With. I don't. I want no, to. No, no, no. I, I don't mind. Um, and again, I'm I'm very humbled. I, I just don't want to come across as like uh, a haughty. Like, well, I got to stay with. No, no, no. So and so, you know. Honestly, uh, all you're I, gonna get is jealousy from us. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> not, I, we don't look at. We're yeah, not gonna look at you negatively. We're gonna be like, right. damn, you're lucky. And again, yeah. very. I'm, <laughs> very lucky and fortunate that these people kind of were kind enough to, to do this with me. So, um, let's see. In England, uh, for a long while there, I stayed with Jack Crow. Some people know who he is. I know the um, name. Painting, he's a, he was a old, like an old painting Buddha guy. Okay. Um, or at least he was very engaged with that community. And he's kind of, uh, you know, we haven't, we haven't heard from him in a while. Like, we've tried to reach out to him. But anyway, so stay with him for a, a good chunk before I went to Europe mm-hmm. uh, I started in Paris mm-hmm. I tried to get a hold of some people in France but you know I couldn't really end up getting a hold of anybody in France but right. I ended up cycling from France or from Paris France to San Sebastian Spain oh wow um, so it was like 650-ish miles um, cycling. cycling oh my god yeah yeah it was a, a bike tour yeah um, and I wanted to do more but I I had rolled my ankle in England, and oh. I kind of re-agitated it um, mm-hmm. near the tail end of the trip, and so I was like, I'm going to give it a break. Um, and so from there, I ended up in Madrid for a couple of weeks. Okay. Um, and I, I didn't really stay with anybody mm-hmm. other than um, Alfonso, okay. uh, or Banshee. We, he's a very private person, and he was... The only reason why that worked out is I had a very good relationship built with him beforehand. Right. Um, I, I don't want people bringing up Alfonso being like, hey, man, can I stay? Right, no, no. Because, no, no. <laughs> uh, uh, but anyways, uh, there I got to spend time with uh, Volamir. Okay. I don't know if you're familiar with Volamir. Yeah, Volamir's uh, website, I, that's a weekly read. You know, you yeah, gotta watch yeah, that. Oh, man. Like, he yeah. does it, it's, it's still like, he's so on top of the community. Yeah. Uh, but Volamir and Mark Mosklans uh, are two guys that I spent time with. Of course, Alfonso mm-hmm. uh, was somebody that I spent time with. Spent a couple of days in his studio, just hanging out and painting. Mm-hmm. You know, he was working. He'd come over and be like, "What are you doing, dude?" You know, and I'd be like, ah, "You know, I'm doing this." But I, it's like his his studio is like a museum almost. Right. Oh yeah. He, like he's got all of his Slayer swords, like just in a, a bin. Right. He's right. Like, you know, <laughs> he's such a, a dedicated painter. I think he enjoys the fact that he earned them, but he's like, "Yep, there they are." Right. You know, and he'll go back to painting. Um, but, so what's that Roman phrase? We don't masturbate over trophies or something like yeah, that. <laughs> it's got to be something. Um, but I got invited to spend a few days at Big Child Creatives. Oh, so, wonderful. So uh, Jose Palmares Lunes mm-hmm. uh, and Sergio Calvo Rubio. Right. Uh, Ruben Martinez was there as well. And, of course, their whole team of sculptors at the time. You know, like they have the whole, the whole back in the house guys. And they're really good painters, too. Like they're really high-level painters, too. Um, and you know, he, like here, you'd be like, oh, you know, you cast things, and they'd be like, yeah. And it's like you paint, they'll be like, nah, man, this is my day job. Right. But like there, they're like, look at this thing that I painted. Like it's it's garbage, and you're like, this is not garbage. <laughs> this is uh, our mailroom guy. He's yeah. a, he's only won two Slayer swords, so <laughs> yeah. that's why he's in the mailroom. He's yeah. like he he won a bronze at Golden Demon a few years ago. He's shit. Like no, I mean, you know, they, they'd just be kind of like uh, trash talking a little bit. Sure. You know, no, it's right. fun. Yeah. Uh, yeah. 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 So that's amazing. Yeah, so you've, I, named, you've named some of my favorite artists. Yeah, uh, yeah. I am totally infatuated with Mark Maskell's skin yeah, tones. Oh my god, he's just amazing. He's just, just stunning. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
I'm trying to think if there was anybody else in Spain. I mean, not that I can in particular remember. Who else would there have to be? You know, well, I mean, goodness gracious, so many, that Big Child so creative team now. just itself. You yeah. Know? Um, so there, other than Alfonso, and that yeah. time that I spent with him for a few days. Uh, but after that, I went to Barcelona. And mm. I tried to get a hold of Fair, but it was, there was like a scheduling conflict. Yeah. He wanted to hang out with me. He was like, oh, I'm so sorry, man. Like, you know, I'll send you a couple of miniatures as an apology. And I was like, I'm not going to say no. But right. then I did get to meet up with him at a couple of shows throughout oh, cool. the year later on. Very nice. You know, he was, he, we got to chat. He's such a such a nice guy. So um, there was another guy there. Um, and I'm blanking on his name. I didn't stay with him, but we kind of he showed me around like the real, you know, Barcelona, nice. where like the, the, the Catalan, like where they really live. Yeah. Not just like the tourists. Gotcha. Area, yeah. Right. And so that was nice getting that kind of behind the scenes. Like this is where we live. This is kind of the temple of life instead of the crazy hustle and bustle of like near the beach kind of thing. right um, yeah then I went to Italy from there I actually took a ferry across the Mediterranean um, that had to be cool it was very cool yeah yeah. it was an, it was an adventure I like rode my bike up onto the ship it was the same I had to ride and then I had to cycle from the port mm-hmm. uh, that's near Rome to a train station hop on the train to get into Rome yeah. um when I through, essentially through Italy, I wasn't really able to connect with anybody. Um, it just didn't work out. I didn't have a car either, mm-hmm. and so like if I had a car, I probably could have hopscotched around a bit more, mm-hmm. but I didn't. And so, it, but, but it, I dude, you're in Italy, like right. literally, yes. it's art. Yeah, like yeah. you're like, oh, <laughs> the, the, it's like it's okay. It's okay that I can't meet up with you. I'll just go look at the old masters. Like, right. Yeah. Exactly. But, um, so yeah, I, I did a bunch of I, I did Rome, Florence, and Venice um, before heading north. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I I went up to uh, I went through Switzerland, stayed with like. He's a guy who's like the most interesting man in the world. It was like an Airbnb. Okay. <laughs> not, not a painter or anything. But he right. thought my journey was super interesting because he was like, "Yeah, when I retired, I went, I, I took a plane down to Argentina, bought a Land Rover, and drove to Alaska." And I was like, "Whoa, why? That's no. an adventure. <laughs> that is an adventure." Uh, <laughs> and so yeah, then I went to Constance, uh, Germany. I had a fr- uh, like a high school friend mm-hmm. that lived there. Uh, yeah. We had kept up. So you know, awesome. from there though is when I went to spend time with uh, Roman. Okay. Um, and that, that's where I spent, I think it ended up being a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And he was like, hey man, I can have you for a couple of days. My, I, I have a student coming though for like a one-on-one you know, workshop uh, over the, the weekend. So this works out perfectly. You can just kind of crash my couch kind of thing. Mm-hmm. I was like, well, this is perfect. So, uh, and the, the student actually was Joshua Lai. And so I got to meet. I, I was there at like the beginning of that relationship because they hadn't really. Right. This was like their first time meeting in person. Uh, and so yeah, it was kind of cool to. And I got to meet Joshua. Of course. That's awesome. Super, super, like his growth has been phenomenal. And right. He's, he's again just lovely, lovely guy. Um, and from there, I went to the Czech Republic. Uh, there's an artist, uh, Thomas Picard. Uh, just super clean like he what paints infinity a lot of infinity and GW stuff he has another handle doesn't he uh, I think he does I can't think I'm I know that it. it sounds so familiar yeah. but I can't think of the handle but yeah I, I think I know who you're talking yeah. about yeah. but I spent a couple of it ended up being like a week and a half ish in, uh, 
the Czech Republic. Like I kind of threw my hip out. Oh, like, wow. I, I don't know what it happened. Like my sciatic nerve was just mm-hmm. crazy. And I was like, man, I'm going to need to stay here longer because I can yeah, really do it. He was like, he's such a chill guy. He's like, okay. Right. And like, I, I, like I'm a decent cook and so I'd like cook him food. Right. And he'd get back and be like, you made food? I was like, yeah, <laughs> man. Like I got to do something for you. So we just kind of paint and eat food and watch Star Trek and, you know. Sounds awesome. Good times. So, um, from the Czech Republic, I went to Berlin. Um, and again, this was around the time of when Painting Buddha was like on its death knell. Um, and so I did get to stay with the guy that ran it for like a, a couple nights. I can't think of his name. Um, shoot. Yeah. He yeah. was always a voiceover for Ben. He was right. always that, uh, oh, I can't think of his name. I can't remember. He was super into Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Yeah. Um, but anyway. He, yeah, there's he was definitely a, 42 references yes, in their, their, yeah. their videos. <laughs> he, he was, I think he was in general a good intention person, but mm. I think he had some mental health issues that yeah. needed to be addressed. And, you know, I wish him all the best. Kind of uh, absolutely. I hope he's doing okay. Uh, but yeah, so uh, I got to go and spend about a day with Ben. Mm-hmm. You know, we kind of hung out and got beers a couple times. Right. Um, and then also, uh, oh, it's his buddy. Man. He's a Polish, Polish guy. Uh, he he worked or he works for uh, CD Projekt Red now. Polish anyway. painters, and I, I'm not good with locations except for kind of groups when there's groups right, of right. them. You know what I mean? But, so anyway, I, I yeah. in Berlin it was really just those two, mm-hmm. um, and I love Berlin. It, it was a great city. It treated me very well. I wanted to go to, I was like, I can either go to Poland or I can go here, but I was getting low on funds and mm-hmm. it was tricky. And so I just ended up flying back to London. Right. Um, and I, my, I really would have liked to go to Scotland and cycle down to London. But that would have been awesome. That didn't work out either. Yeah. So. Uh, but, um, Actually, then, I had a former college student that did that. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. they loved every oh, moment yeah, of it, yeah. they said. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so back there, I spent some time with. He's a, he's a miniature painter. Um, you know, he's he's a he's a decent painter. He's not somebody that you'd be like. He's not like one of the guys that's going to Monte San Savino every year. But um, he very kind. Let me stay at his place for about a month and a half. Oh, wow. And then uh, I went and stayed with. Oh, it seems like it starts with okay. It's the guy that runs. It's not Broken Toad, but they they do a lot of stuff together. Um, Kyle, let me see. Cruikshank, Mr. Kyle Cruikshank, yes. Mr. Lee's Minis. Yeah, Mr. Lee's Minis. Yeah, I stayed with Kyle Cruikshank, his wife and son, for about another month and a half. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and yeah, super super kind guy. They were like kind of in a transition, like, but he had a very similar experience to me in some ways, where he was like, man, so many people have put me up, like, kind of passing out the generosity right and, and I tried to be as helpful as I could around the house like I would I would clean the kitchen every night or I would, mm. I would cook dinner right. so they could just both unwind and just relax and, right you know, um, like I would babysit for them a little bit mm-hmm. they could kind of go and, uh, but I mean they're both very low key people as well him and his wife and so um, that worked out very well and then at the very end of the whole trip I went to Monte San Savino. Oh, that's awesome. Um, and everybody kind of was like aware or monitoring my journey. Right. And I wasn't aware of this at all. I was like, oh, like, man, I'm tired. It was kind of like <laughs> the end of like Lord of the Rings were like, is it done? It's done. Like, <laughs> um, but yeah, I was like, everybody was like, Anthony. And, you know, I knew a good fair amount of them that would come to 
uh, Christie Brush, like right. Francesco and uh, Fabrizio, and, right. uh, you know, a fair amount of the Italian guys. But their Monte Sansovino for them is very akin to Reapercon here, right? Where it's like a big family reunion. Mm-hmm. You have like a ceremony at the beginning, you have a ceremony at the end, and like you just kind of hang out the whole time. Look at all some miniatures. You know, you kind of get food in the town square. Mm-hmm. You just kind of hang out. Um, yeah, I've heard it's kind of. Um, it's just literally a ha- like you put your miniatures in and you hang out, yeah. and then you go to the award ceremony yeah. and it's done. And it's just, but it's like, uh, yeah, it's yeah. literally it's tons of food, it's tons of just tons yeah. of drinking and having a good yeah. time. Yeah. <laughs> well, there's a lot of you know, there's a lot of uh, highbrow conversations about painting and theory and art and all of those good things but there's also a lot of just like kind of hanging around right shooting the shit you know not really that's being awesome. too serious about life and you know um that's a bucket list yeah show oh, for me it, it yeah. Should, it, yeah if you're a miniature painter like that that's your passion then yeah montessan savino should be a bucket list thing um, i've heard you could spend a day alone in the gallery like oh, in the submissions sure. you know there's so many. The way that they do it too is they delineate, like, uh, like Reapercon. And I don't mean this as a, a comparison or in a, in a negative way or anything or criticism. Uh, so they have like a standard category. Mm-hmm. That'd be like how we look at Reapercon, right? Right. Where you have it's open. There's bronze, silver, gold. They have, you know, they have criteria, and you know they'll judge kind of according. And then they have masters. Mm-hmm. So there is a delineation between the two. Right. In Masters is like if you've done, if you, you know, if you scored something in Standard, you know, especially if you scored a gold in Standard, like if you scored a gold or silver in Standard, you need to look at Masters now. Right. Because you're progressing. Mm-hmm. But uh, when you get into Masters, the criteria is like very, very challenging, right? Right. And usually, at least when I was there, it seemed like at least half of the people that entered Masters went home with nothing. You know, usually even in masters, they're like, it, the, the judgments are so fair. They're like, "Yep, I didn't earn it." Yeah. Or like, if they got a bronze, they're like, "Over the moon." Right. You know, because for their their community, that's like an indication that like, oh yeah, you are a master now. Right. Um, well, it's like the Olympics almost. Yeah, like yeah. you know, like you see people like, oh, they didn't win the gold, but they're dancing because they got a bronze. Right. And like, yeah, I I do think that um, something like Reapercon would benefit from that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, at least for like you know, if you want a couple of golds at Reapercon, like, it's very it's a very good indication that like you're you're good, right? You know, you're painting at a high level, um, and it's you know the the transition goes from encouragement to how high can we raise the bar in the American community? But um, anyway, personal opinion. No, no, uh, but, and everything is different. Yeah, I mean, all the competitions are held are different. They're yeah. And it, of course, it's not coming from like a cynical place either. Right. Um, it's in good faith for sure. But yeah, yeah. So anyway, that was the whole. And then after that, it was like a mad scramble to get back to London. And then, I, <laughs> then in London, I had like, I just like slept at the terminal. Like I got my tickets, and when you get your tickets, you can sleep in the terminal. Oh wow! Like I slept in the terminal for like three nights. Oh wow! Before my flight home. Um, yeah. And I think when I got back to New York, or back to I went to New York, mm-hmm. had a couple days. Missouri, uh, where I live, and when I by the time I got back, I had like five bucks in my account. Like, oh, I could wow. hardly afford a bagel in New York. Wow. Um, and so yeah, I was. Hey, but you I know was what? Shoestringing it, like it was he, worth it though. Yeah, that's exactly yeah. right. Now looking back at it, it, it's hard to in the time. 
but looking back at it now, oh, you're yeah. like, it was worth every penny, yeah. all the struggle and everything like that, you know, yeah. so that's, that is absolutely It was amazing. definitely, it was a test, I think it was in some ways like a test of endurance, and I, mm-hmm. I've always enjoyed that aspect of like, how far can I push myself, like, what right. is my limitation, and when you do something super challenging, and you're like, oh man, I'm still here, and like, you know, it didn't break me, and I feel excited about what's next, like, right. I feel like that's a, a good or a healthy thing. Mm-hmm. And I try to find that in life when I can. Absolutely, man. Absolutely. So one of the, the big things uh, for our podcast is uh, our motto is better, braver, happier. Mm-hmm. Um, and what I love to ask our artists, is there uh, some advice you can give to our listeners about uh, as they continue their hobby journeys? Yeah. So it's a, it's a great question. It's a challenging question. I think that there's a couple of things personally um, and I can get into some detail. I think uh, on a general, uh, on a general level, I would say be brave and try new things. And if they fail, don't don't beat yourself up or be down. Be excited because you just learned something new. Uh, and that's like the you know that that's a lot of what they do in fine art is like. They're able to iterate really, really fast. And I think that's a part of why in the miniatures community, the failures feel harder. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, so yeah, it's, it's okay. You have more time, like you have more miniatures. I'm sure you have more miniatures, right? <laughs> <laughs> And yeah, keep, keep pushing. And if, mm-hmm. if you're, uh, the other thing too is like, if you're in that realm of learning, you're, you'll always be learning. There's, there's like this area where like you're pushing, like every miniature is a new idea almost. If you're not doing something that almost makes you uncomfortable a little bit, you may not be pushing yourself and you may not be learning as much because um, while comfort is great, you know, like Bilbo, Bilbo didn't go on that whole adventure by staying in his hobbit hole. Like he had to leave the hobbit hole. Do a lot of things that made him very uncomfortable to become who he was. Uh, and I think that the same thing kind of applies with life and with miniature painting. And of course, there's there's gradients of that. Um, right. I think that it, within art, you know, generally it can be fairly safe. But um, yeah, it, look, the third bit that I'll say is if you are wanting to improve your painting, is start to start to learn from uh, sci-fi and fantasy illustrators because the techniques that they teach and the iteration that those techniques allow will help you progress very quickly. Um, the best thing that I ever did, and I know the guy has had like, issues, but the best thing I ever did was study under Noah Bradley, okay. who's an illustrator. Mm-hmm. And kind of, I didn't have to master drawing or sketching, but it taught me the skill of doing studies. Right. And so I could do studies in Photoshop Oh, that's and I could learn a ton by doing like, you know, I think once, at least minimum minimum for a year, once a day I was doing uh, a master study oh, that's of either cool. like a fine artist or a miniature artist, mm-hmm. and that helped me so substantially. And when I ran it by the other miniature guys, they were like, "This is the path to success." Um, and so that that's that's probably the most like niche thing. Sure, but um, I'm reading uh, uh, Gurney's mm-hmm. Light yeah. and Shadow book. Gurney's uh, fantastic. Yeah, that's uh, that's actually I, I'm 
I did not bring it with me. I'm pissed because I left it on my. <laughs> I was like when I've had some downtime, but yeah, I've, I've started into that. And I, the first picture that's in there, I'm like, okay, that gave me an idea for a yeah. diorama with Stormcast Eternals. Yeah. And so I've already like got it sketched out. It's amazing how yeah, it, quickly. I, you're so spot on. I think that what it does is it takes your mind away from. And I, unfortunately, I think that a lot of scale miniatures, there's a lot of emphasis on like we're going to learn a bunch of tips and tricks. Uh, and that's great because miniature painting can be so technical, but at a certain point, you have no choice but to start to repeat those tips and tricks. Right. And it has to advance somewhere. And that somewhere that it advances is observing, practicing, and learning uh, how light functions and how shapes function and how like environment functions and like kind of the interactions between light and that's how you get all those different environments in Gurney and what his explanations are is like this is a cloudy day everything's very diffused right now there are no, there's there's not as much color uh, and so now you know that like if you paint everything super smooth and everything very evenly it's going to look like a great cloudy day but you know if it's going to be a, a sunny blue sky day more pop of color more warmth on the bright side Right. And all your shadows are going to have cool because the, that blue sky is filling in all those shadow spaces. Right? It's shifting everything towards coolness. Um, and so, like, it's, it's like those kind of little microcosms of lessons that you get much more from the fine art world because right. the the um, the emphasis is on creating feeling of light and not necessarily tips and tricks. You just explained something so succinctly that so many people try to explain <laughs> with the warmth of the highlight and the shadows are filled in by the blue sky mm -hmm. and I don't nobody is that I've never heard anybody phrase it that way that is amazing oh man that I, is probably that is like if you want to talk fantastic. about yeah. what is it what do they call them hot top the hot tips or you yeah. know pro tip <laughs> that is the pro tip of the year for sure <laughs> that is not I that Gurney doesn't explain it that well. You know what I mean? Like, well, he, he, to be honest, <laughs> the only reason that I learned it that well is from an artist called Marco Bucci. Okay. Um, and even he, he, it was very complicated. I had to distill it even from that. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, that, that trick is amazing. And when you study it in real life, mm -hmm. you can't unsee it. Like when I really learned that, right. um, it was probably one of two moments where I was um, high on color. Right. For like a week and a half. I was like, I can't, uns this is everywhere. Like, you know, it, it was, I was like delirious. Right. Deb Sodegar and I were talking about it earlier. He said, once you get into the artistic side of major painting, you can't look at things the same no, way. you can't. And it, it helps you, like, one thing that I do love about painting and art is that it helps you appreciate the world around you so much more. Mm -hmm. And it helps you zero in on um, details and character you know, um, story. You know, right. Uh, I love documentaries for that very reason. Like, uh, but yeah. Anyways, I'm getting I'm getting into like you're lofty. Fine. You know, kind of. You're, you're fine, man. But yeah, the the look, look for it. Look for it outside. Yeah. In the oh, sh no. when you're looking at shadows on a blue, like mm -hmm. cloudless day, keep in your mind that the shadows are bluer. Mm -hmm. And what you'll start to see is like you have very yellow grass, mm -hmm. and you have very like green blue grass right and like if you have something that's um gray like cement it'll start feeling blue if you have something that's yellow 
uh, I, I was on a bike ride once and I saw a horse mm-hmm. and in the sunlight golden oh, wow, just yeah. golden fur on the shadow side gray that's interesting yeah Never because the, the the temp- the colors cancel each other out right and so but the only way that I would be able to observe I would be able to observe that but not maybe not appreciate or recreate it mm-hmm. uh, as succinctly if right. I didn't understand why the lighting was functioning that way. Right. Right. Or even process what you're yeah, looking at. Yeah, yeah exactly. that's really great. Man, uh, we are definitely going to do follow-ups. This, is a, <laughs> this has been awesome. Thank you so much, man. So can you tell our listeners where to find you? Uh, yes, yeah. You can follow me on Facebook or Instagram at Pirate Monkey Painting. Um, I have a YouTube channel called Pirate Monkey Basics. Uh, and I do have a Patreon that I'm going to start filling it with more content i've got a bit, a bit of content that i need to catch up on for it um but and I, hopefully I, I may start streaming again maybe a couple times a month uh, i need to kind of get it set up and schedule it and everything uh, but it's the same on twitch it's pirate monkey painting but, uh, and also i mean to to your to your viewers uh, it's an open invitation if you want to reach out to me if you have questions uh, i'm more than happy to you know communicate about some of these things I'm called Pirate Monkey Painting because, to some extent, like I don't think that there should be a big. We, we shouldn't um, gatekeep mm-hmm. information um, super stringently. There's definitely a, a realm where, like, hey, like my time is valuable. You know, if you right. really want one-on-one uh, interaction, then yeah, it's gonna. I have to charge you. But there's other things where it's just it's like. Yeah. yeah, let's have a conversation about this. And I think people understand that artists have to put food on the table. Too, yeah, yeah. And yeah. they got to rent the space that they live in. So, For sure. yeah, there's no... I, I I learned a valuable lesson about artists undervaluing themselves this weekend myself. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, you know, it's, uh, it's definitely... Uh, we appreciate anything that you do and uh, the work that you put out. You're a fantastic artist and an amazing guest, man. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, really you're, you're very kind, man. I, I appreciate it, and I, I try to pay it back as much as I can. And a part of that is like giving back information, right? Because I had so much information just like gifted to me, right? And so yeah, I want to pass on that gift, like, honestly and humbly as I can. You're amazing at it, man. Thank you. Dan and I would like to thank Anthony for joining us today. We really appreciated hearing about his hobby journey. He was a fantastic guest. He is a super talented artist and teacher and all-around nice guy. Um, You can follow him on Instagram, YouTube, Facebook, and Patreon at Pirate Monkey Painting. Uh, Please head on over to his stuff and give him a like, a subscribe, or a follow. You could also follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube at Listening to Paint Dry. We are on Twitter at Dry Listening. Uh, we'd love to hear from you, so drop us a line at listeningtopaintdry at gmail.com. Um, you can also like, subscribe, or follow wherever you get your podcasts from. If you could leave us a positive review, we would be super appreciative of it. Uh, and you know, the, the way we get, get more knowledge of the show is getting the word out. So anybody that's spread the word about us, thank you so much. And thank you so much to all of our listeners out there. Be excited about your failures. They will only help you become a better, braver, happier painter. Until next time. Listening to Paint Dry with Mike and Dan is a production of LTPDWMD. All rights reserved. No portion of this recording may be used without the express written consent of the host. The music is Death by a Thousand Questions by Springtide. 
Download from the free music archive on a non-commercial attribution share alike basis. All views and opinions expressed in the show are solely the views and opinions of the person who said them. All celebrity voices, if any, were impersonated and done so poorly.